Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today, we're going to be talking about a message that I've just simply entitled, Folding Equals Flexing. Folding equals flexing. Let's pray and let's invite God to speak to us today. God, we are so grateful to be here today. So grateful. And uh, I'm just thankful for every person that's joining us online, that's here at Memorial Hall. And God, we don't want to go through the motions. We do not want to play church. We want to hear from you. And so God, we open up our entire lives to you and give you permission to speak into any area of our life, big or small. We give you permission to speak. We want to hear your voice today. We want to walk out of here different than when we walked in. And um, God, ultimately, we want to be able to live our lives for you each and every day. And so, God, would you speak to us today? In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Okay, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. We're going to read a couple verses to start today. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 22, it says, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man, talking about Jesus, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Now, in the Passion story, This is what happened on Friday. It's a day in Christianity today that we often refer to as Good Friday. Uh, But the truth is, it was only good for us. It was a really bad day for Jesus. It was a day where he was betrayed and abandoned by his closest friends. It was a day where he was falsely accused, a day where he was beaten and whipped and spit on and mocked. It was a day where he was humiliated. It was a day where a crown of sharp thorns was shoved into his head. It was a day where he, by the way, the only person who has ever lived a perfect life on planet Earth, was nailed to a cross to be executed like the worst of the worst criminals. But it was also a day where he did what we could never do for ourselves, And that's pay for our sins, all our mistakes, all the things that we do that make us separated from God. He paid for every single one of those on the cross. He took care of every single one of those once and for all, which means when he yelled on Friday, it is finished on the cross, he declared that our sin, the debt that our sin was paid in full, that we don't owe anything anymore, that we are totally, completely, 100% forgiven past, present, and future. Come on, church, that is good. That is good. In fact, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and that he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Now, the good news of this Acts chapter 2 passage that we just read is that it doesn't end in verse 23. 
there's a verse 24. And so this, this passage, it doesn't end with the cross. This story, it doesn't end with the cross. This story, it doesn't end on Friday. Because how many of you know that if there's Friday, Sunday's coming. And in verse 24, it says this, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Now, church, this is what happened on Sunday. This is why we consider today the greatest celebration of the year. That's, this is why we celebrate Easter, because this verse says that it was impossible. Come on, everybody on the count of three, say impossible. One, two, three. Come on, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Now, when I read this verse, it reminds me of when I wrestle with my two sons. My wife Heather and I, we have two little boys. We have Jordan, who's nine, and Caleb, who's six, a.k.a. our two little consequences of passion. And, um, and I, I don't know if you can tell from the picture, um, but I'm a lot bigger than them. I, don't let this blazer fool you. I'm a lot stronger than those two little children, and I can dominate them whenever I want. They are no match for me, that whenever I want to, I can completely own them in wrestling. And, um, but like a good dad, every now and then, I let them win. And so they jump on top of me, and they, they think that they're taking me to the ground, and they jump on top of me, and they say, I got you, Dad. I got you, Dad. I got you, Dad. But here's what I know, that with the uh, like, incredible amount of strength that I have, why is everybody laughing? Why, I, I don't, with the strength that I have, it's impossible for my two little boys to keep me down. I can literally get up whenever I want to because I'm just laying down. Church, I want you to know that death was like a little child on top of Jesus saying, I've got you, Jesus, I've got you, Jesus, I've got you, Jesus, but let me remind you that death was no match for Jesus. He was just laying down because with the strength that Jesus has, oh, it was impossible. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him, the good news of Easter is that it's impossible for death to keep its hold on you. In other words, just like that song that we sang right before the message, that if he left the grave behind him, so can you. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verses 54 through 57, it says, death is swallowed up in victory. And by the way, that victory, it comes not from us. It comes from what Jesus did. It comes from what we're celebrating today. And it says that victory, oh, death is swallowed up in that victory. And then the Apostle Paul who wrote this, he starts talking trash to death. He starts saying, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Ah, 
It says, for sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power, but thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I don't know if you understand the significance of today. I need you to make sure that we are on the same page, that Jesus didn't come to just make bad people good. It's way better than that. Jesus came to make dead people alive. That's why C.S. Lewis, the author and the preacher, he said so brilliantly that Easter is death working backwards. But maybe you're here today and you're face to face with some death today. Maybe there's some things in your life that feel like they are choking the very life out of you. Maybe right now, and you're at church on Easter Sunday, 2021, and you look back over the past year of your life, and you have literally had the hardest year of your life. On top of all the things that we've all had to face, walking through a global pandemic, there was maybe some things on top of all that, where you're like, man, this past year was awful. And I feel like today I am here and I'm face to face with death. And maybe right now, this very moment, you are face to face with things like paralyzing fear or anxiety. Maybe depression that's constantly hovering over your life like a cloud. Or maybe you are struggling with suicidal thoughts or maybe there's an addiction That no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to shake. Maybe you're here and you're at Easter and your marriage is just hanging on by a thread. Or maybe you're walking through financial stress that maybe you've never thought that you've experienced. Or maybe there's grief right now that you're walking through that feels so heavy. You just feel grief today. On a day where we're celebrating life, you feel grief. Or maybe you've experienced loneliness that feels like it's never going to go away. Or maybe guilt or shame from things that have happened in the past. Maybe peace is gone, joy is gone, hope is gone. Today, church, you're face to face with something that feels like it's taken the very life out of you. I want to remind you today that we have a Savior who specializes in resurrection. In fact, Jesus himself, he says in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection. And I want you to look at that verse and notice that he just doesn't say, I'm able to resurrect. He says, I am the resurrection. That's because the resurrection is not an event. The resurrection is a person. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. See, dead things don't stay dead when Jesus shows up on the scene. See, dead people, they come back to life. Dead marriages come back to life. Dead friendships and relationships, they come back to life. Dead dreams, dead futures, they come back to life when Jesus shows up on the scene. And today, I want you to know that a very alive Jesus is saying, I am still the resurrection. And if there's anything dead in your life, I can bring it back to life. It's not just what you do. It's who I am. If I left the grave behind me, so can you. So can you. And this week, 
I was studying all the resurrection stories in the Bible, and I came across a small detail that I'd never seen before. I came across something that, honestly, I was like, man, I've, I've never seen that small detail before, and it's in John's account of the resurrection story of what happened on Sunday, the day that death died. And he said this in verse six, says, then Simon Peter, he came following him. And by the way, right there, him is talking about John, the person who wrote this. So it says, Simon Peter came following John and they went into the tomb and he saw the linen clothes. Those were the, the grave clothes that he would have been put, in, put on and buried in. They were just lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus's head, not lying with the linen clothes. So it wasn't in that pile on the ground, but it was folded up in a place by itself. So I want you to picture the scene, Peter and John, disciples of Jesus that have been following him for three years, seeing all the different miracles. They had even heard him talk about, you know what, I'm gonna die, but on day, on day three, don't worry, I'm gonna get up out of that grave. And they hear that Jesus is alive, that the tomb is empty. So they run to go see it and they get in there and they start to investigate and they see the grave clothes that are lying down. But then they notice that there's that head cloth that is folded up neatly sitting right there. Now this jumped off the page when I read it this week, because why? Like why would Jesus take the time to neatly fold this face cloth that represents death? My wife and I, we were actually having an incredible conversation about this earlier this week, and I said, babe, like, why do you think that it would happen? She said, so that people, so that people would know that he wasn't a zombie. I was like, that's brilliant, that's so good. My theologian wife, she's so great. It makes so much sense. It's like, I have the cognitive capabilities of, of you know. <clears throat> but I want you to picture it. This is sometimes how I read the Bible. I think sometimes we read it, we don't really see what's happening. And just picture it, Jesus is lying down there. <sighs> He's just lying in the tomb, dead, face cloth over his head. So he's lying there, dead, no life in his body. And then all of a sudden, God begins to put life back into his body. And his lungs begin to work. He starts to breathe. He starts to move. And he realizes where he's at and he gets up and he realizes he's wearing grave clothes that he didn't put on. So he gets up, he takes those grave clothes off because people who are alive should be wearing things that are dead. He takes it and he just throws it in a little pile. And then imagine from Jesus' perspective, this stone, miraculously starts moving. It's like open. It just starts like it. 
and he's about to walk out and do something that no man has ever done to defeat death, hell, and the grave. But before he does it, he walks out and says, hold up. Goes back, picks that up, says, let me just leave this bad boy right there. Why? I think there's a few reasons. But what I felt like God dropped in my spirit this week as I was thinking about that, I think he did that. I think he folded up this thing that represented death because it was the ultimate flex on death. See, to me, folding equals flexing. I think it was the exclamation mark to the fact that he had defeated death. See, in that moment, Jesus controlled and he folded the very thing that was trying to control him. It's like he was saying, stay there, death. Stay there, fear. Stay there, depression. Stay there, anxiety. Stay there, suicide. Stay there, grief. Stay there, loneliness. Stay there, abuse. Stay there, guilt, shame, regret. Stay there insecurity, stay there, addiction, stay there, broken heart, stay there, death. Death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? You don't hold me anymore and you don't hold anybody I died for anymore. Listen, church, here's what I think he was trying to tell us. I just didn't defeat death. It was a blowout. It wasn't even close. And get this, he defeated death so that we can have life, specifically so that we could have eternal life, that we can live with him forever. John 3, 16 says, for this is how God loved the world, you and me. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, no matter what you've done, no matter what your past is, no matter what you did last night, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life, which means because of Jesus, you and I have the opportunity to spend eternity in heaven with God face to face, but he does doesn't stop there. He could have stopped there and it would have been plenty, but it gets even better that not only did he defeat death so that we could have eternal life, he defeated death so that we could have abundant life. John 10, 10, Jesus says, he says that I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, which means that following Jesus, doing life his way, that not only will it be able for you to live with him for eternity, no, 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 it's the best possible life that you and I could ever live right here, right now, the best life. He's saying the fact that Jesus, he not only offers us eternal life one day, he offers us abundant life right now. So the big question today, church, is how can you experience that type of life? How can you experience both eternal life and abundant life? Romans 10, 9, it says so simply and so plainly, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Let me give you the Middle Tennessee public school education version of that. Is that Jesus, you're in charge. You're the boss. I follow you. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that word believe in the original Greek, another, another like way to translate that is that you believe into it. It's not just that you believe, but you believe into it. It doesn't mean just believing with your mind. It means believing with all your heart. It means that you fully trust, that you put all your weight into Jesus. It's the difference between I believe that that is a chair and I believe into the fact that it is a chair. That it's not just I believe with my mind, that is a chair. No, it's when I fully trust. It's when I put all my weight in the fact that I believe into the fact that this is who Jesus is. So how do you and I, on April 4th, 2021, how can we experience that type of life that get this, Jesus already paid for you to have? All we have to do is believe. So I want you to pull that last, the card back out. See, typically right now in our service, I would have you bow your head and close your eyes, but I wanna end service a little bit different today. Go to where it says A, B, C, or D. And here's the question associated with this. Where are you today on your spiritual journey? Here's the truth. All of us are on a spiritual journey, all of us. And we're, we are somewhere. So where are you today on your spiritual journey? I'm gonna ask every person to do this right now. If you're online, pull that back up, queencitypeople.com slash connection card. And where are you on your spiritual journey? And A means this, I'm already in relationship with Jesus. I already have a relationship with Jesus. I've already believed into Jesus. B means this, today I'm beginning a real relationship with Jesus. And I'm praying if you don't have a real relationship with Jesus that today, today can be your day. Maybe let me put it this way, that maybe it's you need to begin or begin again. Because maybe you've made that decision in the past, but you've went off and you've done your own thing. And right now you are not, your relationship with God isn't what it needs to be. And today, maybe let me put it this way. Today, you need a fresh start. Today, you need to say, I believe in Jesus. And I'm telling you, there's no better day to do this than Easter. See, C, here's what this means. C means I'd like to consider it a bit more first. I'm just not there yet. And I want you to know that if that's where you're at today, it's cool. We are so glad that you're here. In fact, we started our church for you. We did not start a church two and a half years ago for church people. But people, we want to create a place where people with questions can be able to come and be able to wrestle with those things and search and find a safe place just to figure it out. So maybe that's where you're at today. Or then the last one's D, is I don't ever intend on making that decision. And if that's you, it's okay, welcome. We're so grateful that you're here. Let us know if that's you. Where are you on your spiritual journey? A, B, C, or D? I'm gonna ask you all, to answer that question. If you're watching online, I want you to click whichever one that is for you. And when you're done, just bow your head and I'll close this in prayer.
God, we thank you for today. We're grateful for Jesus. And today, we're so grateful for anybody that may be at church today and just check B. In fact, if you checked B, I want you to just pray this in your heart right where you're at. And say, Jesus, I love you. And Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me and make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you everything. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. And I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. And today, I choose to follow you. We are so, so grateful for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said a loud amen. Come on, church. Can you clap your hands and celebrate with anybody that may have made the decision to say yes to Jesus today? Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.